Well, hello, Bible love listeners. As you know, we are in our special summer series of women in ministry. This has been so fun for me to lift up some voices of folks that I love dearly who are in ministry that are women. So today we have a very special guest, my very dear friend, Emily Evans, and I will tell you more about Emily. But first, I want to pray the prayer that we are praying for everyone during this series. Um, It is the prayer attributed to St. Francis. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. So today, y'all are blessed to hear from my friend, Emily Evans. I'm going to tell you how Emily and I know each other. Um, when before, when I was a lay person and attending St. Mary's on the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, Emily and her husband, um, the Reverend Jeff Evans, um, their first call was to St. Mary's. And I just kind of took it upon myself to make sure they felt really welcomed. (laughs) And they walked through the process with me of when I was going to seminary. And we had a lot of fun and they were great guidance to us, um, to me. And um, I'm so grateful. So Emily, thank you for joining us. Um, I want to tell everybody a little bit about you. So, and Emily's going to tell a lot of her story, but Emily um, is from Mississippi and grew up an Episcopalian. And one of the reasons I wanted to have Emily on the podcast is because she is married to a priest. And I think that is an interesting aspect for women um, who are married to priests. And how do we find our own ministry in that? How do we support people? How do we have children in that? Um, So Emily's husband has had several different calls, but is currently the canon to the ordinary in the Diocese of Alabama. So welcome Emily, so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and so excited about this summer series. Yeah, I'm honored to be a part of it. Well, thank you for saying yes. I know that Jeff is the one that usually is in the pulpit and all that kind of stuff. So this might feel a little different for you, but I'm really glad that you're sharing your voice. So Emily, tell us a little bit. I mentioned you grew up in Mississippi. You've always been an Episcopalian, right? Um, You even went to college in Mississippi, right? You went to Millsaps to study. And then what what were your dreams and aspirations? And what have you done with your life in those dreams and aspirations? 
Yes. Well, I moved to Birmingham um, after college and really just followed a buddy of mine um, and had to find a job. And I ended up, I had a degree in psychology, which really gets you hardly anywhere. Right. And so <laughs> somehow I got sent to um, into the social work field and quickly realized I, I wanted a master's degree. So I went back to Alabama and got a MSW and um, worked in the social work field for a few years. Um, but during that time, I met Jeff and um, he was in Virginia in seminary. And so we met one summer and ended up dating long distance, Birmingham to Virginia. And then the next summer he came back and did an internship and we got engaged and were engaged for a year long distance. And then we got married and he was placed at St. Mary's on the Highlands in Birmingham. So um, at that time, we were newlyweds, new job, both newly graduated, um, you know, Trying to figure out the world, right? Trying to figure out the world, yes. Um, and at that point, I really was not necessarily thinking anything about this clergy spouse life. I, I was, you know, had a, had my own job and we weren't really thinking about babies yet, but, um, so we were at St. Mary's and, um, having the best time and they took such good care of us and ended up having a baby and realized I didn't want to go back to work. And so I have been a stay at home mom for the last eight and a half years. Um, so all that to say, when we were at St. Mary's, I don't know that I really felt like the clergy spouse life. I, I had found my ministry, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so we moved to Auburn um, when our daughter, our first daughter was six months old. And I think Auburn was really the place where I found my ministry legs, I guess. Um, I, we got settled in and got a baby in preschool and I kind of had to find my place, um, in the church there, I think. Yeah. So Jeff was the rector of that church. So, being the rector, um, do you think that there, I hope this is not the case and I'm going to interview my mom too. And we can, I'm going to ask her the same question, but do you think there are expectations of the spouse of the rector of a church? It's kind of different when you're an associate, right? Because you're just learning and you know, there's not Definitely. as many expectations, but then when you become the rector, like, I love it when the spouses of the rector, my husband does this too, is like, these are the things I can be involved in. These are the things I can't be involved in. But I also want to have my own ministry. I want to understand and deepen my relationship with God. So that, I hear you saying that kind of changed at Auburn. So talk to us a little bit about that. I will say when I, when we first got married, because I grew up in the church, I had a handful of women that I called upon and said, mm -hmm. give me your advice. Right. Um, several people in Mississippi, um, your mom was one, um, several people in Birmingham. And one of the ladies told me to find your thing, find something that you love to do. And I did. Um, I, I will also say that I hope that this has changed everywhere, but the churches where we have served, 
There really has not been pressure on me to be or do anything other than what I wanted to be. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, But so when we were in Auburn, I kind of just started doing the things that I loved. Um, There really was not, the Curcio community was there, but it was not very strong. Um, And so I found a few people and we kind of started the Curcio movement back up and running in Auburn. Um, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd was something that I really loved. And Jeff, too, we brought it from St. Mary's down to Auburn. So that was a big part of our time. Emily, for people that don't know what Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is, will you just give like a two little second, tell us about it? Yes. So um, it is children's formation and it starts where where we have had it. It starts at three. I actually think they have a toddler version, but it's um, three through sixth grade and it's a Montessori based education program. Um and you and like you got trained to teach this and like it's a lot of work and ministry to be a teacher in this. It's not like, hey, you want to teach Sunday school like in the old days, right? No. Like this is a real ministry. Yes, it is a 90 hour training. So wow. you're I did that at St. Mary's and um it's a 90 hour training and because it's a Montessori program, the environment is very important. So everything is is built and beautiful and um it's a lot of work but it's just such a fruitful program so that was a gift so you you all brought that ministry to holy trinity in auburn that was not there beforehand what a gift that you did it was I mean, a lot of your ministry wow yeah. and the curcio community and and for those who do not know about curcio this is a very important thing to both Emily and I it is an adult spiritual weekend. I'm going to link some notes, show notes on the bottom about Curcio and Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Um, these are both ministries that I think are super, super important. So in the midst of this, Emily, you all have another child, mm-hmm. right? So how does that, you know, one of the things I hear sometimes from my moms um, at my parish is, you know, it is a lot of work to get these children up and ready and to, to, to church and to, you know, be ready to learn. And they've learned five days a week in this class and they're learning in a different way. And, and then on top of all of that, Emily, you're the spouse of the person that you're listening to the sermons every week, you know, and you're, you know, that's a different kind of role. So I think there's two questions in that. First one is, you know, the struggle of getting your children there and you you all participating. And then the second question is learning from someone that's your spouse, you know, Mm -hmm. or hearing their voice every week. Tell me how that feels. Well, the funny thing about, I think what I have found, I have like little tricks that I do. I, I, when I take communion, I very much like, you can't see me, but I put my hands up above my head and my head is facing down because I don't like to look at who Jeff giving me communion or, you know, I do certain things that kind of remove him from that role for me. Good. Um, No offense to Jeff, but just to let my worship be my worship. Um, I love that, Emily. I think that's so important. I really do because it's not your husband in that moment, you know, it's like, I need to feel God in my own way. And I think that's amazing. But the other part about it, the flip side of that is also 
you know, it, what a rarity to get to see your spouse in their job and not just a job, but a job that he wakes up and is excited to go to every day. I mean, that in itself, people don't, the majority of the world does not get excited to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. And I get to watch him thrive and just enjoy what he's doing and do it well. And it's really, it's such a gift. I love that. I love that. What, what do you mind talking about some of like the harder things about being a clergy spouse? Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, sitting in church alone was hard in the beginning. Um, and then it kind of, I mean, it's definitely still is hard, but we work on it and we try to like on big days for us, baptisms and things, we make sure that he is not a part of that and he gets to sit with our family or something like that. But um, not sitting in church together is a difficult part of it. Um, Of course, taking your children to church. I mean, I very quickly have to get on my knees and repent for the horrible things I may have not have (laughs) said to my children on the way to church. But, um, But so that's what comes to mind first. But I will say, so we haven't necessarily gotten to this in our story yet, but he now is um, at a, in a different job and he travels for work on Sundays. And so we are not even at the same, in the same building. Um, and at first I thought that was going to be so sad, but it's kind of this, I, I don't know. I really think that the Holy Spirit has blessed me in preparing me for this moment because now I sit in church and it's, it's very much mine and it's, it's a very sacred time for me. Not that it wasn't before, but there's like a new level of, um, spiritual depth to it for me. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. I was going to ask you about that too. So you, you all leave Auburn after eight, eight years you were in Auburn. Eight years. And Jeff gets, to be quite honest, this really big job as canon to the ordinary is, it is a, Huge job, a huge compliment to both you and Jeff. Um, he Canon to the Ordinary, for those that don't know, is kind of like the chief executive officer, right? Like the, the step under the bishop, right? And so it's a hard job, but it also, I mean, I don't know. I've never had it. I hope I never have it. But um, it's also a real calling. And we've had Jeff on the podcast before. So go back and listen to him. We'll, we'll link that. But he was still at Holy Trinity at the time, but. This is not about Jeff. It's about you. But I I just, it was a big move for your family back to Birmingham. You did this in the middle of the year, which I can imagine as a mom was pretty tough with your kids. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Doing that. We, um, well, I will first say we loved Auburn so much. And when this job, when this call came, it was not our timing. We were not, um, we were not Mm -hmm. ready to leave Auburn and we really Mm -hmm. thought we were going to be there for many more years. And so, um, it was a pretty big shock and a humongous heartbreak. Um, and we never done, I think I was constantly worried about the trauma that it would cause on our children. Um, when we first told our oldest Parker that we were leaving, she said, I'm not going and was very emotional. And, um, so we, we, it was, 
it was one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. Um, well, and Emily, real, I'm glad truly. you br- brought that up because that is another part of this, right? In ministry, you don't, it's very rare you stay at a church, you know, for a long time. I know when I look back at my life, I went to four different high schools, you know, all this stuff, all because my dad and his, so I'm, I think naming this, you know, yeah. this moving and this saying goodbye to communities that have loved you so well. And as you said, like the hard, one of the hardest things you've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say, I think a funny thing about this job is when you know that you're not going to live there forever. I don't know if you've ever, if you've had these similar feelings, but when you know you're not going to live somewhere forever, it can be hard to fully settle to like fully relax into a place. And we did that. I mean, we broke the rules. <laughs> we we let let the guards down and planted our feet there. And so it just we we fell in love with the place and the people. And so anyway, it just made it a lot harder to leave. Um, they were mm-hmm. our family. And we moved mm-hmm. there knowing no one, not a single person. And so um, they just they were our family. Still and they, are. All, they always will be. They always yeah. will be. So you moved to Birmingham in the middle of the year and not only are you moving to a new place, but you're not moving to a church, right? Like cannons don't, are not assigned to a church. So that must've felt funny too. Like, what do I do? What's our church family going to be like? We've, this is a completely different shift. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I will say after having moved to Auburn where we knew no one, we had the gift of moving back to Birmingham and we had family here. Both of Lucy's godparents live here. We have very dear friends here and our church family. Um, we, The girls and I have gone back to St. Mary's on the Highlands where we were before, and that has been a huge gift. They have taken us in and treated us like we'd never left. It's been such a gift. That's awesome. And they have catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which I know was a big part of your decision-making, you know, go into a parish that had something that you and Curcio and things that were really part of your ministry. So, so do you, you don't see Jeff much on Sundays, right? Because he's always at different places, but I love that you pointed out the beauty of that worship has become your own again, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, and I think I, I don't, I'm not sure how this is going to sound, but before we, I kind of felt like eyes were on us and I don't think people really cared. Um, but I did feel like we were the, you know, the family of the clergy. Sure. So eyes maybe sure. were on us. And now I don't feel like eyes are on us, whether they are or not. It's not something that is, on my mind. And I really, that is a gift that is above me. I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So as you get into this new role and new life, like what are some of your hopes and dreams for your relationship in ministry and with God? Like, what are you thinking about next? You know, I know the main thing is making sure these two little precious ones that we love so much know God so deeply. And that is not just Jeff's job. That's your job too, right? I know y'all do that together well, but yeah, talk to us about that. Well, okay. So I'll say 
my, our family, and then I'll say me, but, um, so we have two girls, eight and five, almost six, and they share a bedroom and they're the best of friends and the worst of friends. And mm-hmm. so we've had a lot of, um, you know, highs and lows and fighting and <laughs> all the sibling drama. And so I just recently told Jeff, I was like, I think we should do a family study of the fruits of the spirit. Oh, I love that. I mean, this might sound kind of goofy, but I just, I want them to know that self-control and love, they, those are things that are gifts, patience, kindness. Um, I want them to know that those are things that they can't always just muster up in themselves and that's okay. Um, so I don't know. That's my that's my next step with them. That we may have a summer study of the fruits of the spirit. At I our love house. it. I've got I've got a good resource. I'll link to um, the uh, with the fruits of the spirit. I think that's great um, and so necessary. Right? We can hope for things to come when we go to church, but it is a seven day a week job to instill yeah. God's love into people. Right? It's not yeah. just the job of the church. It's the job of the family too. So. I really appreciate you saying that. All right. What about you? What are your... Well, the other thing, I will say one more thing. I think that part of this transition, and we moved the week of Christmas. I mean, it's been, it was a crazy transition. And I think the gift of that was that we very much had to rely on prayer. We really had to say to the girls, like, this is hard. I don't know how to do it. We are, we spent more time in prayer with them than ever before. Um. And that's so a great me, learning lesson too, right, Emily? Yes. Like, that to show your girls that even in the midst of heartache, God is with us all the time. Yeah. Right? I love yeah. that. All right. Um, tell and us for me, you. I think um, I, I'm an Enneagram 9, and I am a doer. And so I do constantly and not always productively. And I can be on autopilot and I like to control everything. And so my current um, focus has been on trying to slow down and let go and, and remember myself that the Holy spirit is involved and, and that I don't have to control everything. So I just created, I just went to world market couple of weeks ago and I got one of those floor pillows and I just created, we moved into Homewood and we're in the tiniest little house. And so there's really no wonderful house, but tiny, and there's really no alone space. And so in the very corner of my room, I have a pillow and a little basket next to it with my Bible and, and a um, journal and a candle. And so I've really been working on trying to slow down and spend time in prayer and meditation at least 10 minutes every day. And it's so hard for me. But I think that I try, I talk a lot about, oh, yes, I will pray for you. Oh, I'm praying for that. And I don't always sit down and actually do it. And I've seen a lot of the fruit of that so far, just in the in the couple of weeks that I've been practicing. But it's hard. I, lo- I, I love, love that you I did that. that. Um, you know, having your own space and it's just yours and you are not alone, sister. I am always taking notes like, oh, yes, I'll pray for you. But, you know, like actually sitting down and I, I do I do that, but it takes a lot of effort on my own. And, and um, I'm like you, I'm 
wanting to control everything and move and shake and blah, blah, blah. Um, so Emily, I just, it felt when Alan told me that he wanted to take the summer off and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. And then I've had this like, cause we have this momentum going and people enjoy the podcast and I, you know, um, so I've, you know, God put on my heart, this women in ministry and not just clergy people, but people that really live ministry, just like you have. And I know this is a little bit out of your comfort zone. So I just want to thank you for sharing your heart and your love for God and um, supporting your spouse, but also like finding your own ministry in that. I think this episode is going to be really, really helpful to a lot of people that are out there searching and looking and trying to find um, that space for themselves. And I just thank you for doing it. I really, really appreciate it. I'm honored. Oh, good. Well, it'll be out and about for everyone to hear very soon. And listeners, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. 